Hello, and again, welcome to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... I'm Breck McGough. Thank you for saying your last name out loud, because <laughs> many people will be like, McGough, McCough. I get called everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, kind of my usual first question, how do we know each other? Um, so you and I, uh, did some undergraduate classes together. We yeah. were in choir together, um, at UCO for a semester, um, uh, before you went off and did your production ACM degree. World. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then now we're both graduate composition students mm-hmm. at UCO and we're in power cycle, the electronic ensemble yeah. at UCO. Fresh. Fresh. Brand new. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first of all. What do you do? Who are you? What, what sort of? So, yeah. Um, so I, it's kind of, I'm in like a big transition right now. Mm. So I had been working as a library manager um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and trying to uh, do composition very part time mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and get my degree, but, and finding that more and more difficult all the time because work was requiring a lot more time and energy. And so then it was getting home at the end of the day and being exhausted and be like, Oh yeah, I have all these pieces I have to write. Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyway, uh, I made the decision with, with my wife and she's very supportive of, of my music, um, to go to school full time, take a couple of part time jobs, Mm -hmm. um, that are, much less, uh, constrictive. Right. And so, um, I'm currently working as a, as one of the, the musicians at the, um, cathedral of our lady of perpetual help in Oklahoma city. Mm-hmm. And then beautiful cathedral. Uh, oh yeah. It's, it's a and great place for singing, which yeah. is what I, which I, I lead the congregational singing there and I'm awesome. a soloist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing. And then I also am a graduate research assistant for, um, Dr. Tess here at cool. UCO. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So which of these many things is your primary focus, I guess? Um, My focus, and that's, this is also fairly new. Um, (laughs) I was trying to, um, I was thinking of double majoring in vocal performance and composition Mm because I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I really enjoyed both. Yeah. Um, And not that I think in the long run you have to only ever be one thing sure but there is only so much time so kind of where do you spend the limited time you have and so um actually just this weekend i kind of been just trying to really focus over the last week on the things that i got the most pleasure out of and Mm -hmm. the things that i felt the most energized even after doing for a long time and it's just trying to be mindful of that and it's always been composition Mm -hmm. um i finished a piece for um there's a a great another podcast um <laughs> called red hand role play and mm-hmm. they they do dunge- they're playing a dungeons and dragons campaign yeah and so they needed theme music mm-hmm. and so i spent um whoa yeah, okay oh we got some piano yeah, coming yeah. from from the other room <laughs> that's fine but i spent the the weekend um writing that <laughs> and uh and after at the end of it i was just like oh this was like some of the most fun I've had, mm-hmm. even though I spent like 48 hours almost straight with a very little sleep, <laughs> right. you know, trying, it was like crunch time and it was due and, mm-hmm. but it was, it was really fun. Are you happy with it? Oh yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, that's kind of 
It's funny because here in our composition program, they don't teach us scoring. Right. Like there is a film scoring class right. that you can take at ACM. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, but that like nowadays it's like if you're doing composition like that's probably one of the main sources of income yeah. for most composers well yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean most of the things i've written have been for um projects like that or um or uh like independent films mm -hmm. um or and shorts i've made, mm -hmm. done a lot of short films that i've yeah. scored and that's been if I actually made a list of every single thing I've written, that would be most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are you wanting to, like, what is your goal, I guess? Well, um, if like the perfect world where everything worked out and <laughs> sure. was exactly, um, I would probably continue my studies at the doctoral level. Um, there's just a lot I still want to learn mm -hmm. and, I, I like, I love the academic setting. Yeah. Um, but, um, but in like a perfect world, I would just be a freelance composer and just compose yeah. all day long. Um, <laughs> but I probably will have to, you know, teach a little yeah. bit and compose <laughs> and do a little this and that, or probably keep doing, you know, like a church mm -hmm. job or something like yeah. that, and, you know, to make a living. Yeah. And that is kind of the, the reality of being, composers is that yeah a, a lot of our stuff doesn't actually involve composing right <laughs> it's true and all the stuff we use for composing costs money yeah. and yet the composing itself isn't a lot of times where we make our main income yeah so <laughs> <laughs> but it's like no it really is this is what i do everything else is just to um keep myself fed right <laughs> <laughs> um so um, how did you get started in music in general, I guess? And then we'll sort of sure. track down the other rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't remember not doing music. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up, my mom was studying at, at her graduate degree at UT, uh, in opera performance. Mm -hmm. And she had already had a few professional gigs and it was, she still is a great mezzo soprano. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad sang his whole life has a great lyric tenor voice mm -hmm. and so um i grew up singing in churches mm -hmm. um there's like a video of me like way too young like singing on stage and i was just very natural you know mm -hmm. like as a toddler like you know like um but um then i took piano lessons at, starting in the age of seven um, my grandma played piano and taught me how to read music. Cool. Um, and then my aunt um, was, she had started out as a concert pianist, then became a missionary and lived in Africa for cool. a long time and then um, came back to our little small town in Southeast Oklahoma and uh, taught me piano lessons regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I did that in high school. I started taking voice lessons um, and um, started college at, at the beginning as a vocal performance major. Um, but in high school, I got the composition bug and started like, well, it really, it was kind of at the, around the same time that I started learning piano. Mm. I would, um, my mom would hear me practicing all the time yeah. and then found out from my aunt that I was actually just 
playing my own stuff and I wasn't yeah, actually yeah. learning just the noodling around. Yeah. And I wasn't <laughs> learning the, the repertoire that I was supposed to be learning. I was just making my own music. So mm. my senior year, I actually got to take my own piano, some of my own piano pieces mm. to, to, um, contest, which was oh, really cool because awesome. my, my piano teacher at the time was really supportive of that. And so mm. I got to, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, so what, what made you kind of whenever you hit college and go, I have to decide a career, what made you go music? That well, seems like a good idea. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I mean, and kind of story of my life has been a bunch of changes. So I changed majors five times in my undergraduate and, uh, ended up, people get, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up with a degree in humanities. Cool. Um, and cause I really did like the humanities. I liked mm-hmm. learning about art and history mm-hmm. and reading all of the great literature. Yeah, yeah. Sable has a humanities degree. Oh well. yeah, 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 and it's it's great, and the the faculty was great, yeah, and um, and so I really I really enjoyed that. Um, that's where I really got into film scoring because mm-hmm. I some of my classmates um, wrote and directed shorts. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. And so a lot my output in music went it skyrocketed because yeah, I was yeah. making all these short films all the time for them, <laughs> and so that was really great. I got to go to some national and and some of the films went made it into international festivals, mm-hmm. and so that was really neat. Um, but but still, I was like, well, I can't do music as a career, and I can't be a composer. <laughs> so I actually went to law school. Cool. After after undergraduate, and um, did that for exactly one year, and it's <laughs> like this was a terrible mistake, and so um, I had while at law school, I joined a professional choir and, um, the same summer I had the opportunity to go to Italy and tour with this choir. Mm -hmm. Um, and also to go to Italy, I was doing international law at the time and I had the opportunity to go to Italy and, um, (laughs) do an internship with this, uh, doing international law. Cool. And that was where it was like obvious that i really just needed to be doing music. That was right. what I wanted to do. I had yeah. two really cool opportunities mm-hmm. and that was kind of a pretty easy decision to make and go, right. okay. And so that's when it was, it's obvious that I'm need to be yeah. doing, I'll never feel fulfilled if I'm not working yeah. as a musician. Yeah. Um, what was, what was law school like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I met some of the the best people, um, mm. and some really great lawyers who were doing really interesting things with immigration policy, who were really, um, one of my favorite experiences, I joined a, um, um, a team called, uh, justice bus. Mm. And, um, we were in California as where my school was. And, um, we would actually on certain weekends, they would bus law school students out mm. and we would, do we would help people with with certain legal matters we would have a, a an attorney with us that would actually cool. be there but we were helping facilitate and so one of the programs i was doing was criminal expungements mm. so people that had really small um like crimes right. on their record so when they went to apply for a job and it's like have you been you know have you mm-hmm. had a felony or you've had this sure they would have to check that yeah. and then what is the likelihood that they're going to get that job sure. at that point. And so a lot, a lot of times it, it was things like, uh, you know, petty theft, um, mm. marijuana. Right. Um, and so then it's like forever associated yeah. with them. And so with the expungement, you, we could show, okay, they don't have a repeated history of offenses. They've been keeping a steady job. They're doing, mm-hmm. they're doing these things. Yeah. So, um, and so it would get to where they wouldn't have to, 
that would be removed from right. the record. So it would cool. really help to get them a leg up yeah. um, for people that were really trying to lead a productive life. Yeah. So I, I loved some of the stuff I was doing mm-hmm. and um, the rigor of it was a lot of fun for me. I really yeah. liked, um, I was in um, a mock trial, which I really enjoyed mm-hmm. because it was like mm-hmm. being an opera because you yeah. were just definitely just putting on a performance. Yeah. Um, but, um, but still nothing like, <laughs> nothing like music. I mean, right, it's just, right. you know, the people that are great at it, it is an art form. I mean, mm-hmm. like the, some of the people I met had beautiful <laughs> minds and were very creative and wonderful, but mm-hmm. I always just missed doing music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no like actual like Venn diagram of law and music. It's just, <laughs> right. kind of... it's just like, Oh, this was a left turn. <laughs> right. And it was like, but you know, it, it, but now when I say, oh, yeah, I really want to do this, I actually mm. know that yeah, more yeah. than I would have before mm. because I have tried the other <laughs> thing that I'd always because I'd always wondered like, oh, yeah, you know, I like letters and I like I like um, I really liked that part of the humanities and I loved my philosophy classes. And I thought, well, mm. you know, I could be an attorney and, I, you know, I am I'm yeah, very yeah. passionate about social justice. Mm. And so it seemed like a natural thing for me. And but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so then kind of a broader philosophical question, but like what makes music important? Man, that's, that's (laughs) really, you know, I, one thing that's always, that I've always found true is that, um, and I, and, and, it's true of all the arts, mm. but I think catharsis is something really important. Yeah. And I think people don't realize how important it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's when people go to concerts. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what kind of concert it is. Mm-hmm. But if it's music they like. Yeah. Right. If it's their jam. Yeah. And they go to a concert. <laughs> they're going for they may not realize it. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, oh, I'm going because I love this great song or I yeah. love this band and they're great. And I'm going to have this great time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when they go there and they hear that great song yeah. and see those performers that they like and they're dancing or they're yeah. shouting or maybe it's more subdued and they're going because they love, you know, Dvorak's opera Rizalka. So they it's a more subdued <laughs> setting, but something and, you know, and they sit there mm. and gently just cry in <laughs> silence, you know, because you can't talk or shout at the um at right, the opera. right but whatever it is whatever their jam is that's to have that emotional release mm-hmm. um is so important yeah i think spiritually and psychologically mm-hmm. because i i don't know and to have that sense of wonder that i think the arts provide mm-hmm. to and the great thing about music that's different from the other art forms is that it hits you directly yeah and at you know, there is the intellectual component of music, mm-hmm. um, but you don't have to know all the inner workings of yeah, music yeah. to enjoy mm-hmm. a piece of music. You can know absolutely nothing about scales and chords. Yeah. And still, <laughs> when you hear the combination of them in a in mm-hmm. a really wonderful way, they can speak to you. And yeah, then you yeah. have this like aha moment where you're like, oh, man, I just feel so... Mm-hmm at peace with everything getting at yes. oneness. Yes. <laughs> at oneness. I didn't even want to say it. I didn't want to say it, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but that's definitely yes, true. Yes. And, and I think it can happen with everything, uh, no matter what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. 
that is that is a joke from one of the classes that we're in. You're not you're not missing out on anything. It's like, whoa, is that is that a reference to something? <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> so what is what is that music for you? Man, that's tough. Um, you know, I really got into twentieth um, century and twenty first century classical music mm-hmm. in high school, but not not in the way that my first theory teacher would have liked. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't super into, to Webern right. um, and uh, dodecaphonic music, <laughs> especially Pierre Boulez, who I still think is mm. just, well, I won't, there may be Pierre <laughs> Boulez and if that's your jam, go for it. But uh, <laughs> can that be someone's jam? He would probably be so mad that someone thought it was their jam <laughs> that he would like find. You're not supposed to like this. It's like, this isn't to you be liked. You can't just hum this. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I remember listening to Philip Glass's Glassworks for the first mm-hmm. time and just being like, oh, this is totally different than anything else yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. And so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I, I went I went into the deep end with minimalism in, in, mm. in high school, um, particularly with Philip Glass, um, Terry Riley, yeah, um, Arvo Pert is maybe my favorite living composer. I it changes because you know mm. then I'll hear a piece from another composer I like. I'm like, oh no, that's that's the one I like. Yeah. Um, and so when I when I you know I can even a even a piece um, of Pertz, um, like Berliner Messe or, um, his, his vocal piece Summa. Um, well, I think the vocal version is called Credo. There's a string version called Summa, but, um, but I've heard those like millions of times. Mm. And if they're on, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's this mm. most amazing music that it's otherworldly. It yeah. totally removes you from you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's not, you know, it's not always the thing you want to hear. Right. You know, you're not going to have a dinner party and you're like, all right, everybody. <laughs> it's like, this can't be background music. So no one talks for two hours. We're just going <laughs> to listen to a bunch of Arvo Parrot. Right. Uh, Although Arvo Parrot does make some pretty good yeah. background music. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. No, it, it, it is. I just love it so much. I can't let it right, be background. Yeah. I'll be like, shut up. Shh. No, this part right here. No, this, this part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, recently, um, I, I discovered the music of Kaya Sariaho and um, she wrote uh, L'Amour de Loin and they did it at the Met, I think two years ago now. Mm. And so I found, I got an interlibrary loan of, of the, of, <laughs> of the original production. And, and after it was after the end of that opera and, I used to be really into opera mm-hmm. and I, and loved all the, you know, all the Verdi and Puccini and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and then I kind of haven't been so into it because it's sure. so dramatic. It's so overwrought, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, I like more subtle, subtle expressions, sure. but, um, but still watching this and, and after it was over, I just had to like <laughs> sit in silence for about at least an hour. Dang. And I just sat there and I was crying off and on because it was just, <laughs> incredible to see something so new and fresh mm-hmm. um i don't know it was just an it's an amazing yeah, yeah. she's an amazing composer and, and is totally doing her own thing she's mm-hmm. not you know you, you can listen you're like oh they're trying to this, sound this like this is like yeah, yeah this is like this and that's, <laughs> i don't know what that is for sure. her <laughs> it's you know um which is really um inspiring um 
to have people like that. So th- those are the that's who, mm-hmm. that's what I listen to. Yeah. Um, has learning more about music and how to compose and scales and theory and that has that taken the magic out in some sense? Um, there have been times in the middle of it mm-hmm. where yes. Because in that moment when I'm stressed about this has to be this way and this, or if I'm working on like, for instance, a counterpoint project where that's the point (laughs) of that. Yeah. But, um, but when you actually listen to a piece, Mm -hmm. um, the magic is always there. Yeah. You're not paying attention to like, I'm not. Yeah. Thirds, fifths. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I, I, I had a, my first theory teacher when I was at Southeastern, was um, he, he did do that when he listened to music. He was mm-hmm. just analyzing constantly. Know, constantly, yeah. he, he had perfect pitch, and he would he Ooh, would just that's sit, a curse. Yeah, and he always said <laughs> that. So it was hard for him because, especially mm-hmm. if a piece was really simple, yeah. because then he would just he was like, "I get it," uh, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So he couldn't like appreciate <laughs> some, you know more simple mm-hmm. music. Which sometimes I feel like getting to the core of the matter mm-hmm. in a piece is more beautiful than a lot of complexity. Yeah. Um, for the, unless the complexity is necessary for the sure, piece, but sure. complexity for complexity's sake sometimes can take the magic out too. Cause yeah. it's like, well, there's a piece in there somewhere. If you, we get rid of <laughs> yeah. all of this, um, <laughs> or then you just start sounding like Milton Babbitt. And oh, just yeah. The sound of <sighs> math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Babbitt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's still interesting to analyze, it is. but that's about it. It is. And there's a lot of pieces like that where it's like, oh, this is neat. Yeah. To on paper as a homework assignment. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to invite my friends to a concert. They're like, yeah. We're just well, gonna... that's also not something that you can put on in the background. Right. Because it's like, what is going on? <laughs> what is this nonsense that you have that you think is like, oh, this is good ambient music. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. No, I yeah. <laughs> um but I mean, yeah, it is good to and that's what a lot of people think too that I've talked to too, is that like, oh, like, you know, all the all the magic is gone because mm-hmm. you can just, you know. Especially with contemporary music, too. Right. Uh, which, what is your sort of leaning into contemporary music? What do you think of the sort of gap that lies in between sort of like classical concert music and like contemporary like rock or pop or whatever? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's more of a social construct. Yeah. Um, to me... I feel like music is music is music. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you know, if somebody's doing jazz and they're doing it in a jazz style, sure. right? So like there's styles of music, but I feel like the whole, like this is art music and right. this is <laughs> not, I think comes down more to, for me would be individual pieces or songs. Yeah. Um, not so much a genre or a style in and of itself. Right. Um, because there have been pieces, you know, by Radiohead or Bjork Mm -hmm. that I've listened to and 
and I said pieces, not even thinking, but, right, but right. they're yeah, songs, yeah. but, yeah. but, you know, but, but I feel <laughs> like they're, they're in beautiful compositions, mm-hmm. um, that can stand up next to other beautiful compositions yeah. in, in more of a classical style, Definitely, you know, and, and no one can tell me that Nina Simone wasn't one of the greatest artists <laughs> of the 20th century, mm. you know, because she did jazz and she was, but she didn't do, you know, opera or, or she right. wasn't a, a, a real concert mm-hmm. pianist. She did jazz piano. Right. But, um, anyway, but yeah, I, I, I feel like it's, you know, and it's part of, it's really bad in America too, especially. Yeah. And yeah. I think, um, I think part of it is that classical music in America, we were trying to prove that we were really cultured, like, like, sure. West, like Western Europe, right? because we, you know, we were a new country. And I think that's still <laughs> part of it too, where, you know, mm. it's like, cause in America, I mean, the, the classical music is still so very 19th century in our, mm. in our, and whereas in, in Europe, when they're putting on a lot of more contemporary productions and doing yeah, things yeah. where, you know, <laughs> it's that line between what's pop yeah, and classical yeah. is a little more vague. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually watched a documentary on Pinderetsky and they had, um, oh, what's, what's the guitarist from Radiohead? Uh, Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. So they were, they were in Poland mm-hmm. and they were doing a concert of music by Johnny Greenwood yeah. And music by Pinderetsky. <laughs> and they did like Trinity on the victims of yeah, Hiroshima. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but it was like the venue was a rock concert. Like yeah, people yeah. were standing up and screaming and Pinderetsky comes out to the podium and people are like, ah. and really it was cool. just like, what? That's, that's really cool. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. That's yeah. not, we don't have a thing like that mm-hmm. where you could even put on <laughs> and have thousands of people come. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like a, it's, right. that's really neat. Well, I'm sure more so for like Johnny Greenwood, yeah. obviously. Yeah, but like, sure. Sure. He is a rock star. Yeah. But. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like also to me, one of the best, uh, film composers yeah that's yeah, working really the uh, <laughs> uh phantom thread the the score for that movie i've been meaning to watch it but yeah <laughs> oh it i mean it, it was robbed of an oscar mm. I, I or no it didn't win because they yeah no, no, no. but yeah it, it was nominated but i think it's that's even part of that kind of thing where he's not a real film composer sure. he's a he's a rocker that yeah, dabbles he's in radiohead yeah exactly <laughs> and then you but this this score is like Debussy and Ravel. I mean, it's but not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's his own style. It's just, yeah, yeah. It, but it's it's a it's amazing music. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what I have seen is like there will be blood. Right. Oh yeah. Like, like what, <laughs> that, what? What score can you even compare that to? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, but I am glad that like, I mean, at least now we're trying to sort of blur that line at least with what we're doing right in power cycle so i guess in your own words try and describe what power cycle is so power cycle is um an electronic ensemble made (laughs) up of three graduate composers graduate student composers Mm -hmm. um who come from very different backgrounds and approaches (laughs) to composition and but it's almost, I never kind of thought about this till right now. Right. It's almost like a chord. You have these three, <laughs> you, have these, you know, at least three pitches that then become this 
yeah, its yeah. own thing. And I kind of think of, of mm-hmm. us that way, you know, three very different sounds mm-hmm. that become a, a one sound. And so it, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's an experimental group. It's the mm-hmm. first of its kind here where we're kind of making the rules as we go along yeah, yeah. and putting <laughs> concerts together as we go along. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I wanted to at least like plug that a little bit. Yes. This is October 8th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come see us at the jazz lab. Yeah. Um, cause that'll be fun and freaky and weird. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza um, service will be impeccable. Yes. There is also <laughs> free pizza. Um, what is bad music? Oof. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's, that one is harder for me to answer than like, what is good music yeah, almost. Yeah. And I think to me, I would think the only thing that maybe I would think was bad is something that somebody didn't care about when they made it. Sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, like, like so much, there's so much subjectivity to mm-hmm. what's good and bad. Yeah. You know, my mom, for instance, has really good taste and even really like some uh, modern composers that I like mm-hmm. abhors anything Bjork's ever done. Like it <laughs> just like sounds like nail, it sounds like nails on chalkboard to her, you know? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and I know she has good taste yeah. and I know she knows good music and she mm-hmm. knows what, how music works. But I think some, so much of it comes down to just personal <laughs> preference and your own life experience and sure. what sounds you enjoy. Um, but yeah, I would just think, you know, if someone's really putting their heart and soul into something mm-hmm. and it really means something to them yeah. and they make it, maybe I don't like it aesthetically, like the sounds <laughs> themselves I don't like or the combination of sure. things. But I still wouldn't call that bad music because right. somebody did something mm-hmm. and put something out there and believed in it. Yeah. But I would say if somebody's like, you know, oh, I got to just do this and I don't care about it at all. Sure. And, you know, then then maybe that's bad. Right. But yeah, it's like it's it just feels but, like a hard. But we also kind of do that through. Uh, I mean, maybe you have to score something. And it's right. just like, uh, let me right. just crank this thing out. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. Or like counterpoint assignments that it's just like, <sighs> all right, let me just. Yeah. No, just and, and I throw I mean, notes on a page here. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, just personally, um. I would say those are, uh, those are my bad pieces. Right. You know, if I'm looking at like, oh, you know, what are, what are some things you've written? It's like, I'm not going to show you those. Right. Yeah. Those ones that I was like, oh yeah, I had a lesson that day and this had to be finished yeah. or, you know, this was due at X time. And mm-hmm. so it was just, I turned it in an hour before it was due yeah. and for, they put it on this thing. And now luckily, um, that, hasn't happened very often so Mm -hmm. even with even with short deadlines like this weekend or for with shorts sometimes that can be Mm -hmm. you know we're submitting this for this festival music is the last thing to go on right they've done everything else first and it's like oh it's tomorrow we're turning it in can you get us a score and it's like not sure (laughs) but usually because you love music itself and you love the act of composing and coming up with new ideas. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a, there's an aspect of it that's like a puzzle. Yeah, and yeah. so intellectually it's fun. It's almost like solving a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Because this has to happen. This needs to happen. 
how do I get <laughs> both of these things to happen and it be coherent? And yeah, yeah. And there's, so there's so much of of that to yeah. it that's enjoyable in itself. So most of the time, even it's still enjoyable and it's still, yeah. I feel like I'm putting myself into it. But yeah, I would say there have been a couple of times where I'm like, that's not a good piece of music and <laughs> I don't want my name on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that is actually something else I uh, was going to ask about. It's like, there's a lot of times when music feels like math. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that kind of circles around the whole, like taking the magic out of it. Right. Like there is a, a process or there are scales, there are right. puzzle pieces yeah. to sort of put into place. Um, but you think you have to be like a little bit math brained to be a composer? I, I don't know. I've thought about this a lot mm. because the math for me comes in later in the composition. Yeah. So the initial thought is always, um, like humming a melody. To yourself yeah. Or something. Yeah. To, for me, you know, and I think because I'm a vocalist, it's, mm-hmm. it's either like a, something that comes to mind or that I sing mm-hmm. or it's something that I find on the piano sometimes, yeah, yeah. especially when writing for piano, my fingers kind of find, Mm-hmm. where they would like to go yeah and so that can be the basis for something but there is almost like this weird like sacred mystery to sure yeah to the process mm. um but it the only time i've sat down and and mathed a piece from start <laughs> to finish probably was in in counterpoint class for sure um but um you know there's always you know what my goal is and I guess this doesn't just relate to certain kinds of pieces. It's kind of everything, but there needs to be something interesting mm-hmm. and that can, that have that be, that can be defined. However, yeah, hopefully something beautiful defined however you'd want. Yeah. And something sexy about it <laughs> where it's like, Oh, I like, you know, where you kind of have this attraction to the, yeah, the yeah. piece itself where, mm-hmm. um, one thing, uh, uh, the one that we did of yours that had the bass, the baseline that was so groovy. Mm. Um, Mirage. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's such a <laughs> sexy little thing right there. It's like, it's like, yeah, okay. Well, okay. Throwing it down. Uh, <laughs> I, I love, I just, and that like got stuck in my head forever. Um, but yeah. And so, you know, the math part of it is, okay, this is orchestrated for these instruments. They have these ranges. This needs to go like this. And this one is, or, or if you're looking at, at the chords themselves mm. and how to spell everything and get it spaced out the right way, yeah, and, yeah. you know, but it's leading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, one of the nice things about where we are in music right now mm. is that it, even more so, I would say in classical music than in mm. any other type of music is that it's really a blank canvas. Yeah. And if you make it work yeah, or you make it cohesive, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, it's like, wow, that didn't go where I expected it. And <laughs> had you done it the right way, according to yeah, you know, it, music it theory, wouldn't have happened. it wouldn't, that moment wouldn't have happened yeah. and it would have been more boring and standard. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of exciting, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'll, yeah, it, the math part to me is, is very not, not much a part of my, my process. Um, mm-hmm. just because of that, I think if I were writing in the 19th century, it would have to be sure, a lot yeah. bigger part of it. But, yeah. but now I'm like, 
I can, I'll make it however I want. Right. Um, one last thing on this topic sure. and then we'll switch gears. Um, I guess not necessarily to just like crap all over your education, but what is something <laughs> that you feel is lacking in, uh, this higher education of music? Sure. Um, I would say, you know, um, and I, you probably feel this way too. Mm. Most of my education on newer music mm -hmm. has been on my own. Yeah. Um, and my exposure to it has been on my own. Sure. And so, um, while I think it's great to, that there is such a rich tradition, mm -hmm. um, in Western classical music, <laughs> um, I wish that we could spend more time on world music, on yeah. music of different styles and genre mm -hmm. music, um, that's being written today. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. you know, listen to music of active composers right now. Yeah. What are they writing and analyze mm -hmm. those pieces? Yeah. Um, because with the music I'm writing right now, I mean, I'm glad I know how to analyze sure. a, a Bach fugue. Right. Um, but there's a lot of music right now that's being made that mm -hmm. it'd be great to analyze it. Yeah. And there, you know, and there are courses out there for it and, and right, books. Right. It's not like it's inaccessible, but it's yeah. just not part of the yeah. focus, I think, of of academic mm -hmm. music. Yeah. Um and I guess what's something that we could do to sort of encourage that. Yeah. I I mean I just think I don't know. I have a have a class yeah. just dedicated to that or have a play it play it. <laughs> I mean, yes, put more of it in concerts, you know. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of the ensembles do yeah, do yeah. A, a lot better job. Mm -hmm. You know, like being in choir, you you do modern yeah, composers yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of living composers yeah. when you're in, in choir and it, I guess it's the same way in wind band. Yeah. Um Eric but, Whitaker is the rock star he, oh, of choir. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> It's the hair. It's the hair. <laughs> it, it really is the hair. <laughs> That's though. all it is. It's a secret. <laughs> um, but you know, like, but symphony orchestras put on a lot of. Mm. They're doing Brahms. Mm. You know. Yeah. And when they and when they venture out, they're like, "Oh, we'll do Stravinsky." It's like it's that's like, over a yeah, hundred years still... old. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, switching gears. Uh, because I don't have a good segue for it. Anyways, <laughs> what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Again, it's I'm in a really fluxy time right now. <laughs> That's a word, right? I can sure. say that. Um, so it's kind of a long, long answer. I hope that's okay. Go for it. Um, so I, I grew up Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. That's how I was raised. And um, Assemblies of God specifically was the <laughs> denomination in a very small town in Southeast Oklahoma. We had about mm -hmm. 300 people. And um, there were lots, there, there's a lot of that, like being raised in a denomination. Like that. it was very fundamentalist, very evangelical. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot that was negative about it that mm -hmm. I, as I got older, Right. was really turned off by. Yeah. And um it was very it was a lot of there was a lot of judgment about things that were different. Mm -hmm. Um um and a, you know a lot of rules and I don't know. And so 
as I got older, I, I kind of, I went away from that and, um, became agnostic and felt like there was a spiritual life, but, you know, but didn't mm-hmm. really quite have the answers. And then for the last seven or eight years, mm-hmm. uh, have been an atheist, um, until last spring. Hmm. And so it's been really weird. Cool. And <laughs> um, luckily I've very understanding friends. Yeah. I was really worried about <laughs> talking to anyone other than my wife. And I was actually worried to talk to her about it because mm. for our entire relationship, yeah, that yeah, had yeah. not even been part of my, yeah, yeah. my thing. And so, um, I'd always had church jobs, even though I wasn't sure I wasn't religious. And I'm, if they are a good church, they will hire anyone. Because right. They, they need want, good musicians. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and you know how uh, a mass is, there's lots of yes. singing and there's at, at the cathedral, there's lots of specific things that you have to sing mm-hmm. and the way you have to do them and yeah, you yeah. know, all the, all this stuff. And so it's a, um, so that part was always fun because mm-hmm. it was like, it was like a real performance. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, um, I had been going to a, uh, universalist Unitarian church mm-hmm. and that had just been because I hadn't been anywhere in so long. And yeah. I'm very, um, I get a lot from interactions with other people. Mm-hmm. And so the bad part about being an atheist is where do you just get together with strangers in a big sure. setting yeah, yeah. and just like meet random people yeah. and, you know, other than like concerts and things right. like that, but it's, it's a little, you know, like where do you just get together with strangers and just sing a song together right. or, you know, like yeah. listen to readings and <laughs> those sorts of things. So I, so I was really there, I found a really cool congregation. Um, mm. and you know, they read everything from Henry David Thoreau to, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, you know, yeah. they just kind of, you know, everything. Um, and I really liked it and, but it's, it kind of was like the gateway drug to go there for me <laughs> because, uh, sorry, I had an ant on my arm. No, you're um, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, I had worked at the, I had worked at the cathedral previously and then got my job at the library. So I didn't mm. need to have the, the extra, the extra jobs. Sure. And so, and I was happy to go cause I was like, you know, I'm not getting anything out of this. This is just a, <laughs> this is just a paycheck. So last year, um, last spring, up before Easter that, um, mm. for all the, the Lent and Holy week services mm. right before Lent, their tenor quit mm. and, um, their soloist. And yeah. so, uh, they didn't, they weren't going to be able to do some of the pieces that they had yeah, already been yeah. rehearsing. Mm-hmm. The cantor schedule was all thrown up. And mm-hmm. so there, so, um, I got contacted and, you know, mm. would it be possible for you to just come back and fill in? Yeah. And I was now back in graduate school and working a crazy job as a manager and was (laughs) like, and for some reason I was like, yeah, I'll do that. That sounds fine. I have no free time. What's one more thing? Yeah. You should never say no in the music business. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You just never know. (laughs) And so I I went same songs, same Mm. people, same everything else. I have no idea. Mm. But, um, but this time I was just so moved by the yeah. whole experience yeah. of the mass. Yeah. And so um anyway, by on Easter Sunday I I talked with my wife and said I I want to join the church. And she is Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um but has been kind of 
right like culturally catholic sure you know sure. and and so hasn't been like you know super mm-hmm. um and so you know she was a little bit like okay um <laughs> but because it was a little unexpected and right, right. then i had to talk to my parents of, you know about mm-hmm. it and everything and so it was, then it was kind of like slowly filling people in because it just hadn't been part of who i was yeah and then to have the experience of like growing up protestant and evangelical yeah and then like i don't know <laughs> going the opposite yeah. direction yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just been weird and it's like it's like a lot of things it's like you can't really explain it into like like mm-hmm. you know in particular like why if I felt like at that time I was like, no, yeah. this is the right decision to sure. make. Um, but yeah, so that's been kind of, I've been on a weird. No, that's really interesting. Kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. So this is, this is still fairly, fairly new. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's kind of interesting cause you're like on the opposite side of like where I am. Cause okay. we, we just talked about right. it. So like you, you sort of flipped my story <laughs> in that it's like, oh yeah. I was like, atheist for a long time and then became religious and right I'm like, i was very religious for a long time and then became atheist so like it's um and does it go the same way is it like do your do your friends have to like know this about you now is that like i, I don't know i you know because i thought about just never telling yeah, yeah. them um but i love my friends and yeah, I didn't yeah. want them to just know part of my life. Sure. You know, so I, I wanted to, you know, tell them and, you know, and some of them the, the entire time they've known me, I haven't been religious at all and, and have been opposed to, to most religious sure. things actively. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of, you know, yeah. it was scary. It was, it, it was, it was, I was really stressed out to even mm. like talk to some of them about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, so, the responses I got were great because yeah. it was like, well, you're wrong, but you're still my friend was kind of, of their response. And I was like, that's all I want. Like, I, I don't care. You don't ever have to like support me at all in this, right, yeah. but just know it about me. And, yeah. you know, um, so because I want people to know the, the full, you know, mm-hmm. close, close friends and, and family to know the full picture. But yeah. What sort of, um, how have you, grown in that regard in that uh now that you've become more spiritually involved how has like your behavior changed how do you treat other people i think one and this sounds so like child some of the stuff is so simple because it's like duh why did did that you know it's it's so much is timing too Mm -hmm. but um one of the songs we were singing um for easter was talking about um seeing the face of God and the people on either side of you. Mm -hmm. And that probably more than anything else kind of bowled me over. And then I kind of realized that the whole thing is about love. Yeah. And, um, you know, and to specifically with, with Christianity, uh, which, um, which I'll get, I'll, I'll put a tack in that, but, um, (laughs) but you know, even like to the, the crucifixion and everything and this Mm -hmm. whole thing of laying one's life down is, is, is the whole gospel according to, yeah. to Jesus is it's all about love, love your neighbor as yourself is the whole thing. Yeah. And when you, th- that sounds so simple, right. But when you try to act in that way, mm-hmm. it's really profound. Yeah. And it's been really, it has changed the way. I don't know if it's cause I've always tried to be a loving person mm-hmm. and that's all I've naturally more 
huggy and, and, <laughs> and lovey. Um, but it has, I've been more consciously aware of yeah. when I'm with people to really give them my attention yeah. and to spend time with them in a meaningful way and in a mindful way and to do things for them, um, you know, be more available and more present. Mm-hmm. Um, ha, you know, that's been a big thing. It's been a huge thing to start praying again yeah. because that was so not part of um, my life for mm. a long time, probably about 10 years that yeah, I just yeah. hadn't even <laughs> like prayed. Yeah. So that was interesting to start that again. And so that's now part of my morning routine is yeah. to start the the day um, I read the daily readings, yeah, um, and then do a prayer, which is a combination of m- more like the traditional petitionary prayers, sure, and then a lot of sitting in silence, mm-hmm. um, and th- w- something more closely attuned to meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have f- felt a lot, just things I've noticed about myself as as a musician and as a professional. I've noticed. Um, a lot less anxiety mm. about um, performance, about yeah. um, the compositional process. Yeah. I would get so afraid of <laughs> not doing well on a piece, I wouldn't even start one, mm. you know? And, and yeah. so there was, it was just hard to even work on it. And so I have noticed that has been a lot different and I've been mm. more um, more active yeah. composing in it as a musician. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess a couple more questions sure. are, uh, well, a few more, some straightforward ones. Uh, what is your definition of God? I think for me, God is the ultimate mystery to... the universe and is the ultimate answer to why we love. Hmm. And, um, but at the same time (laughs) is very personal. Yeah. And it, I think it's both. And I, I think, I think unknowable Mm -hmm. and, you know, indefinable. Yeah. But I think, um, but also present, which is really, mm. which is really, um, which is really kind of interesting. Yeah. But it, it's a personal unknowable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. Um, and then free will question mark. I haven't found a better way of asking that question. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Question mark. Do I have to answer this question? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, were you going to anyways? Yeah, see, I know. Yeah. Free will. Um, yeah. To me, it's always, um, it's always been part of my personal outlook is that free will exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends who are philosophers who can do a very good job arguing <laughs> that it doesn't exist. Yeah. And um, I cannot compete with them uh, <laughs> in my in my philosophical rigor. Sure. But at the end of it, I still say I'm right. <laughs> and um, I think I think the profound experience of love and of wonder 
um, at, at love or acts of kindness that you mm-hmm. receive or when people do things selflessly for you, mm-hmm. if there weren't free will, then that act wouldn't be um, miraculous in any way. Mm-hmm. It would just be, oh, well, they have to do that because, (laughs) you know, um, so, which in itself isn't an argument. It's just saying, well, that would be a shame. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I, yeah. So for me, free will, um, makes more sense. Sure. Um, but I, but I do know that, um, the sophists among us can, can argue both sides pretty well (laughs) and and come to, come to good conclusions. (laughs) Um, two more questions. Sure. I'm trying to be mindful of your time. Oh, uh, and if we, if we, it's, no, yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, so what advice do you have for people? Huh. Um, wow. I don't even feel, um, nobody's qualified, qualified to, to give question. advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say if I could talk to myself, mm. Um, I would have said, uh, to be more accepting of people, mm-hmm. um, at an earlier age than I was. And I think when I was an atheist, I was, could be pretty unaccepting of people who were devoutly religious, mm-hmm. um, because I saw them all as, you know, small minded <laughs> simpletons sure. who were, you know, not trying to figure anything out because they had all the answers that they needed. Sure. Um, and so I think like we've talked a little bit about, and I, I think you definitely agree with this is that love is so foundational with everything. And if, if we can really focus mm-hmm. on that and focus on what that really means. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, um, cause I know people who have been personally hurt by people in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that even institutions like that mm-hmm. and other denominations don't always practice that themselves. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, I don't think that all the answers are in one, in one place mm-hmm. and realizing that the people running the show are still human beings. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, for better or worse, um, but if love is is the focus with everything you're doing with your career, yeah. you know, when you're at work, when you're whatever mm. you're doing, um, I think that you'll have a more beautiful life. Um, and it may not go the way that you expected it to go, mm-hmm. um, but it will be infinitely more interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, lastly probably the hardest question oh no cake or pie oh this one is so easy (laughs) oh my gosh pie a hundred percent so um (laughs) sorry i have a little story go for it um so when when i was getting married you know Mm -hmm. it was a big thing to pick out the groom's cake Mm -hmm. and so i i knew i was like if i'm getting married and we're having like a ceremony Mm -hmm. there's not going to be a groom's cake (laughs) so we had an assortment of pies on the groom's side. <laughs> and so my favorite pie is a Southern raisin pie. Interesting. And it's a really interesting pie. The After the raisins have been soaked, <laughs> um, 
and then baked, it becomes this really gooey wonderfulness mm. that's inside, and it's a really great, great pie. <laughs> but yeah, pie. I'm trying to believe you because raisins <laughs> raisins usually ruin everything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 see, it's like music. It's one of those things. <laughs> the, the most beautiful pie to me is just you know <laughs> inedible <laughs> to someone else. But no, yes. <laughs> I'm also pie. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Well, we can still be friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Atheist, Catholic, whatever. Whatever. We'll make it work over right, pie. Right. But, but like <laughs> pie at least. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're got that. <laughs> we got that done. Um, Breck, thank you for doing this with me. Absolutely. This was uh, fun. <laughs> um, where can we find you and your things? Um, you can find me at, uh, I have a SoundCloud. It's probably the best way to find my music because yeah. I try to keep it updated. <laughs> I have a website that that will take you to my SoundCloud page. <laughs> um, it's just my name, breckmagoff.com. Yep. Um, it's the best way to do it. And it's, uh, it's, it's don't, don't look at my webpage. Just, just listen to my music because <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Not my music, the page. Right. <laughs> no, your music good, isn't terrible. I'm a good salesperson. <laughs> you can tell. Um, well, thank you uh, for for doing this with me and for uh, spending the time to absolutely. Talk about no, I love stuff. this. Um, yeah. Ooh, once again, I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Breck McGoff. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. There is music. There is this podcast, which you can listen to on iTunes uh, or your, your Apple Podcasts, the, the app that you have on your phone that no one ever opens, but it's there. Uh, if you don't already listen to podcasts, that is. Right. Um, so it's also on YouTube and on Stitcher if you listen through that. I guess whoever listens through Android can listen through Stitcher. On all of those things, you can leave reviews and comments and let me know and be like, I think Breck is awesome. Or <laughs> I think Santiago is stupid for not liking raisin pie. Um, so say whatever you want on the things. I like knowing who is listening. Um, and then also is my music, which um, there is some SoundCloud stuff. And there is also a demo of music, which is a songs with words demo. Uh, which you can pay zero money for, or you can pay however many monies for. Um, and you can, you know, support me in that way. It's weird having a, a sort of digital tip jar mm -hmm. that, like, if, if Bill Gates would come around <laughs> at some point and just be like, oh, I like this guy. Here's a right. here's million dollars. Yeah. That would, you know. We can build the Institute for Modern Music. <laughs> <laughs> not with a million dollars. Oh, though. yeah, totally not. Yeah, that's... A million dollars dollars is chump change for educational That's institutions. True. You're so right. Oh, you're so right. Uh, <laughs> um, I always on my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.